It's hard to imagine that we were able to have a thriving professional soccer league and that it could exist in the United States and Canada without having the city of St. Louis being a part of it. Well, imagine no more because St. Louis, which is, with its incredibly rich soccer history, not only deserves an MLS team, but has earned one. I mean, I'm so excited because one, I can say we have the team. But two, um, it's just another win for St. Louis. And like I said, we are a three professional sports team. We are an international city, and today we got recognized for that. We have great fans, great support, and I'm just so excited that this day's come. Well, we've had a pretty exciting week or so here in St. Louis with a lot of big sports news, but the biggest of all, something we've been waiting for for a long time. Major League Soccer is finally coming to St. Louis after a long, long journey, to say the least. Welcome into the Sports Plus Podcast. I'm Corey Miller here with sports producer Andy Moeller and the guy who's had his finger on the pulse of the MLS for the Lou movement since it started, sports director Frank Cusimano. First of all, let's just talk about last Tuesday. Kind of a surreal day here in St. Louis as Commissioner Garber officially announced St. Louis was getting the 28th team. What did you guys just really take away from that day? Just first thoughts uh, in the moment. I, I know we were back, Andy and I were talking a lot. Frank, you were there. Just what was it like being in that room? Well, I just compared it right away to the last big announcement about a team coming to St. Louis, and it was better. I mean, there were over 700 people, and it was such a cross-section of people, a diverse section of people. It had just the right amount of star-quality, grassroots soccer people. I mean, it was a celebration of St. Louis, and I just love the way they went about it. First, they asked for some taxpayers' money, and it didn't work out, and then they went away. And then what Jim Cavanaugh, when he took that phone call, it was the biggest phone call, you know, of, for St. Louis soccer fans because it was Andy Taylor saying, I want to get involved. And then the next time Jim went to the MLS, he had all the ammo and they couldn't say no. You know, my, my takeaway from it was that I just, I couldn't wait or I couldn't believe that the day finally came here. It seemed like it was just kind of, I don't want to say dragging on and on and on, and but it kind of was in my yeah. in my book. And so I'm just glad that the day finally got here. All the sports luminaries there, Pronger, uh, Ozzy was there, Bernie Federko, Aeneas Williams. I mean, it was just all a St. It was a total St. Louis effort, and everybody wanted to be part of the moment. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I, I like the fact that Kerry Robinson was on yeah. stage, <laughs> that Bernard Gilkey was on stage. and Jackie just, Smith? Yeah. Oh, that was just tremendous. It was really well planned out. So as you alluded to before, Frank, it, it was a long, long battle to get this across the finish line, and you've covered it from the beginning. Uh, when the original vote for the stadium financing failed, did you see it? Was it dead? Was, that, was it dead in the water, or did you always know there might have been some kind of rebirth? Well... You know, after talking to them at that moment, I felt like, yeah, we're not coming back. Because they had laid down a whole lot of private money in that, more than in most situations. And for uh, a short stretch, I definitely thought it was over. But then right away, I started to hear some things. And then I called, and, you know, although Jim wouldn't comment on camera about it or even go, go out on a limb at all, People around Jim were saying, just hold on, hold on. This thing may not be over. And that's when Taylor made the call. Yeah, I remember you coming into the office and, uh, one day and, and saying, this MLS thing may not be dead yet. <laughs> uh, the Taylor and Kavanaugh families, 
without them, we don't have an MLS team. Just how impressive have you been with, with just those two families stepping up to get this done for St. Louis? Because without them, we wouldn't be here. Yeah, and that Andy Taylor, he's amazing. I know Carolyn Kindle-Betts is going to be the face of the franchise, and God bless her for that, and it's good that we have a female, you know, being one of the few in all of professional sports, you know, in charge of our franchise. But it's about Andy Taylor. It's about a company that's worth, I think, $24 billion. And they've never been known as a sports-oriented family. They've kind of stayed out of it. But I think he saw the way this soccer community and this whole St. Louis community can be brought together with this team. And he figured, you know what, I'm going to help out. The thing I like about it is that they, they're certainly not doing it for the publicity. They, they're just, it seems like they're just very civic-minded. And, you know, the last owner here, um, <laughs> you know, had a tendency that, although he kind of wanted to stay out of the spotlight, he wanted to be in the spotlight. You yeah. know what I yeah. mean? And Jim deserves a whole lot of credit, Jim Cavanaugh. I mean, he's a guy who grew up in North County, got involved with Dave Stewart, and they built this incredible company called Worldwide Technology. But I promise you, Jim Cavanaugh and the Taylor family could make a lot more money if they sunk their cash into, you know, 25 mutual funds or into Apple stock. This, you know, I'm not saying they're not going to make money, but this is not regarded as a surefire, can't miss great investment. This is a civic move to help out St. Louis. Talked about Carolyn Kindle bet. She has kind of been the face and she probably will be going forward. Impressive. First majority female owned team in the MLS. One of the first in all of sports. That's going to make a lot of news here as we go in these next three years. Uh, So let's just get to how much of a soccer hotbed St. Louis is. We've had some of the highest TV ratings for World Cup games in the last few years. Lots of homegrown talent in St. Louis and some great history, too. But just how much do we think this team's going to be supported? How many do you think will draw? Frank, we did like an attendance comparing to like Kansas City and stuff like that. How much do you how much of a draw do you think this is really going to be? Well, it's interesting because everybody you talk to, we talk with Chris Klein, you know, the former Great DeSmet player is now in charge of the Galaxy. Talk to Taylor Twelman, the MLS broadcaster, Bill McDermott, Mr. Soccer, Pat McBride, Altros. It's like unanimous. If we seat 23,000, they're going to be 23,000 in there for at least the first two years. And then eventually you're going to have to win. But it's, it's a different type of crowd. As we all know, it's millennials. It's people that like craft beer, that dance and stand up and cheer all game. It's going to be a different atmosphere, but it's going to be packed. And I, I would agree with that. It's it's not your your diehard soccer fans necessarily. It's the it's the young money that comes in, yeah. the tech money and 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 whatever the craft beer drinking crowd or whatever. <laughs> and this is a perfect outlet for them. I I haven't been to a game, but I've been outside of the. Uh, KC Sporting uh, Arena mm-hmm. when when you know before a game, and and it's a it's a tailgate mecca almost just like the uh, like the uh, the Chiefs are at Arrowhead. So you guys can speak to this better than me. I mean, I used to watch Steamers games like on Channel Eleven growing up uh, with those bright orange uniforms. Um, but we've had the Steamers, we've had the St. Louis Stars back in the day. Professional soccer is not necessarily a new thing. Just how. How did people see those teams, and do you think uh, we can learn anything from that? Well, first of all, with the Steamers, uh, the one season I think was 79-80 is they drew more fans 
than any North American professional sports team. We're talking NBA, NHL, and the Steamers were drawing almost 20,000 a game. So it was, it was great. And the, what made that unique, as Andy will attest, they, they were loaded with St. Louis guys. That was, that was it. That was, the, that was the stated purpose from, you know, from the get-go. And you had, you had, okay, you had Slobo Ilyevsky, you know, in goal, but you had Don Ebert, and you had Daryl Duran, and you had Steve Petcher, and, and so on and so forth. And can't do that with the MLS. No, no. You, you can't really do that with the MLS. You know, well, you could, of, but you're not going to win very many games. Yeah, a lot of people believe because of the heavy Bosnian population, and we have we have a higher percentage of Bosnians, this is what I read the other day, than like any city in the country. So you better make sure that you have a Bosnian star yeah. or some Bosnian players in this group. And, you, you know, you, I don't know about St. Louis, and I don't, Josh Sargent's probably too good for the MLS and Will Bruin's career is over. I'm not sure what St. Louisans are out there to play. The front office may actually have more St. Louisans than, um, than on the field. I mean, you could have the potential, we've mentioned this before, of Dan Flynn, Taylor Twellman. I don't know if Chris Klein would come back. I think a lot of these, these guys with, with legendary careers in the MLS, Andy, would consider coming back because it's St. Louis. You would, you would think that you would at least reach out to, to one of them and see, make and, them say and no. see if they would and yeah. make them say no. And, you know, I think there's enough of a, a talent bed here in St. Louis that, you know, you'd, maybe you're just going to have to start out young and groom your own St. Louis star or two. Yeah, so there's we got three years until they officially start. There's a lot to get done. Let's hit some points here. Sponsorship, sponsorship rights. I was thinking this might be something they talked about at the announcement without having any other knowledge. It just seems like the logical next step. I'm sure the MLS wants to see, okay, where are you getting the money from? Frank, what have you heard so far on the sponsorship front for stadium or uniform kits, stuff like that? Well, without mentioning names, um, I hear it's been pretty positive. Initially, it was a little bit slower out of the gates, but I think they're pretty close on jersey sponsorship and stadium sponsorship. And I think that you can't, like, um, minimize Andy Taylor making a phone call and saying, we need your help, you know? Yeah. It's like uh, when John Bomberino wants to have a golf tournament, he calls up all the people he does business with and, yes, sir, yes, sir. So I think a lot of people will be saying, yes, sir, to Andy Taylor. I'll have to say, Sarah Maki, one of our reporters here, had the cleverest idea for a jersey sponsor. So St. Louis Bread Company, but at home you wear, you wear St. Louis Bread Company, on the road you wear Panera. I thought that was hilarious, and I can't – anything else will be a letdown for me now, honestly. <laughs> Uh, it's a brilliant marketing scheme. <laughs> so they got to build a stadium there, too. We've come out, well, we haven't had renderings for a little while, a couple months now. I assume we might get something here eventually as an update. But we saw that translucent canopy, that party plaza, the lowered pitch with every seat within 120 feet. There's a lot of cool features they're going to try and work in here. But it's still just a mass of uh, roads and a little bit of green space right now. Uh, what's have you guys heard anything time wise time wise on? Uh, oh, when they're actually released, yeah. I, I do not know that. But I do think it was interesting that Jim and Carolyn Kindle Betts went to about six different stadiums, and they basically got together with HOK and they got the best of the best, and they're gonna you know put it all into their own stadium. You know, as much as I like the Enterprise Center, which I think is really cool, especially with all their changes, and I really like Bush Stadium. This is gonna be the best facility we've ever had in our town by far. I, th I don't have any reason to yeah. disagree with you. 
you know, the, the outdoor, the, I don't know quite what the word, uh, the word I'm looking for here, but it's going to be, it's going to, you know, it's just going to, it's going to be an electric sort of atmosphere. The ambiance. The ambiance is going to be good. (laughs) And, you know, and and I'm, I'm not concerned that we haven't seen anything lately or whatever because they want to get it right. Yeah. And they've got the time to get it right. There's, I don't think that there's any real urgency that they have to break ground immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're not going to play a game for 31 months. Right. Well, that time. whole area there should be just the place to be. I mean, Frank, you've said this multiple times. Imagine a Cardinals game, a Blues game. You walk down, you go to an MLS game through the new revamped Union Station. Just that whole area. XFL. XFL. And, you know, right across the river, that could, that could be the same period where we could be having a NASCAR Cup race. That's a so heck of a weekend. spring of 2022, we're all going to make some money on overtime. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a little bit about this. I'm totally blind here. When you assemble an MLS team, I, I don't. there's no expansion draft. How do you go about getting guys to actually play on the team? How is this going to work? No, I think there actually will be an expansion draft. Is there an expansion draft? draft? Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, I think Bill McDermott mentioned that to me the other day. So it'll be similar to the NHL. You get to protect some players. Mm, okay. Well, that's... And then be involved in the draft. You're just Boy, you talk about... You're going to have to be so sharp to have a pulse on well, every guy who the can big play. move is when these teams convince a European player to come over. That's the big move. And if... If this team can do that, then I think they're really set. But that's been a tough thing to yeah. do, especially if you're not in L.A. or in New York or something like that. That's why you almost have to hire someone. Well, it would be great if you were from St. Louis, but you have to have hire somebody who's in the league right now, who's been in the league for a long time. Like a Mike Sorber maybe is the potential head coach. I, You know, again, <laughs> I think that, that crystallizes my thoughts. If you can get somebody from within the league – who can can you know find the find the players mm-hmm. and uh, and bring them the St. Louis connection yeah. and and build that attraction right out the get go because you're not going to win right off the bat yeah so you want to make it certainly you want to make it entertaining but you want to have the the draw of the the local guys to you know bring the people into the seats Frank you already hit on coaching staff in front office a little bit with Dan Flynn but let's get to the one. The big topic that everybody's talking about, that's the only thing I'm hearing, not the only thing I'm hearing regarding this team, but the main thing, the name and colors, okay? This has been the most fun subject of debate of the last week or so. Some great ideas. I ranked the top ten I saw online. People are still looking at that. Uh, I like Legacy. Frank, you said you've been hearing that one thrown around. I kind of wanted to stay away from FC, like football club, like like the European teams do. But I do think Gateway FC Yeah, if there's a word cool. before it, as long yeah. as it's not just St. Louis FC. Uh, Expedition I thought was kind of cool, and you could bring in some history there. Uh, listen, I like bringing back these old names, the Steamers, the Spirits. I, I love it. Bring them all back. And, Frank, you're still on that Stallions train. Oh, what a great Ex- name. Explain yourself. Well, it's the, my fantasy football league team, which lost to Andy's in the playoffs, I think, last year. <laughs> Could you say that a little louder, yes. please? <laughs> but Stallions is a, um, you know, it's an well, athletic-looking I told ride. you, I told you if they go Stallions FC, then it's oh, even yeah. better. It's your name and your initials in the team name. I have, like, a 25-year-old, like, Stallions T-shirt. Remember, that was going to be our expansion team name a long time ago. Now, do you know the backstory with that? No. And I don't remember, I don't remember where, I, uh, where I saw it. Maybe it was Walter Payton's uh, Sports Century or whatever. But he claims that the design for the St. Louis Stallions was his design and that the Denver Broncos, whose logo is remarkably oh. similar to it, 
took that idea and, and used it as their logo when the Stallions didn't make it here. That was, huh. was with Jerry Clinton and Jerry Fran Clinton Murray. Jerry Clinton and Fran Murray and back wow. in the yeah, early 90s. Personally, for a name, I like rhythm. Imagine the uh, okay. imagine the rhythm and blues playing down the street from each other hey, on the same there you night. Go. I like it. A little corny, but I think it's what fun. What would be the logo? That's that's a tough. Piano? I have no idea what the logo. That's a tough for a logo, but I just like the name. Andy, what do you like best? Or sax. Uh, you know, I'm sort of I'm, I'm sort of partial to uh, to the legacy. Yeah. Um, and again, here's where, you know, I'd take a, take a little bit from both your ideas. If it's going to be legacy, it needs to be legacy FC. Yeah, you know that's where you you have that name in front of FC, and then it, I think it would be all right. Now with me. cynics suggest, wait a minute, legacy? You're the 28th team in the MLS. What does that mean? <laughs> but if you know the history of St. Louis, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, Andy, you and I, you and I have had this conversation a few different times when it comes to colors and just the aesthetic look. I think they got to incorporate that St. Louis flag they've been using for all of the MLS for the loop promotions. Yeah, that's not bad. I think they've already set on I, what I, the color scheme is going to be. How can you go away from that? That now? would look so good. So those colors are it's like red, red, red yellow, yellow, white, and, and blue. blue. Yeah, yeah. I think you could use the look. blue as like the base color of mm-hmm. the jersey, and then work the work the other colors in, um, swooshing really and flashing and whatever. <laughs> That'd be really good. Okay, big picture last thought here before we wrap up this episode. How do you think this is going to alter just maybe how people think about St. Louis? Just how big is this for downtown? What can this do for the city? What can this do for sports fans? Uh, We've seen just kind of a rejuvenation with the Blues getting everybody excited, and we're just continuing the momentum. I think this could really play big, especially into revitalizing downtown. Yeah, because I think most people recognize the MLS as this booming league. Now, look, let's face it. The average St. Louis sports fan could name 10 MLS players. But the league is now on national TV. It's getting bigger and bigger. And it's not the NFL, but it's another way of letting Stan Kroenke know that, hey, we won a Stanley Cup. We go to our NCAA tournament, our baseball team, probably headed to the postseason. And now we have another league. We're just fine without you. I think this is going to be more of an internal uh, shot in the arm first, because I think we, you know, once the Rams left, I think it was it was a pretty deflating thing. The Blues have helped bring back that spirit, but this only enhances it. That yeah. hey, you know what, we are relevant, we do matter, and our voice into the wilderness is going to you know, maybe going to be heard a little bit better now. Yeah. Once we start winning, and this part, you know, this team will win, then that's when you really start yeah. getting back on the national landscape. Never hurts for a city to have a quarter of a billion dollar stadium and twenty four thousand people in it seventeen times a year. And I mean, one of the things that was said over and over, I know Carolyn Kindlebed said, I think a few other people said it. This is a three sport town professionally, and they're going to prove it. We we'll have to wait three years to see it, but they're going to prove it. And I think I saw somewhere where when the Blues won the Stanley Cup that they were one of, what, 10 cities that have, you know, an NBA, an NHL, an MLB, and an NFL championship. And now with the MLS here, we'd be only one of two, three cities, I guess Chicago and New York maybe, uh, to have have five championships in in their town. If, If we win it, yeah. 
Not if, when. Right. Come on. Oh, he's got the expansion team. He's already got a parade working here. Uh, hey, we're getting cocky now. We just had a parade. It's going to happen every year now. We're just used to it. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us, talking some MLS today on this episode of the Sports Plus Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get all our episodes right when they come out. We'll have another Sports Plus Rewind for you later this week. Shouldn't you close this, the guest of Corey Miller's podcast, to receive a gift certificate to... Hey, that's... Like I told you earlier, I don't have a family. Final restaurant. I can't offer that. Maybe clothes at San Cavado. <laughs> Are we being commentated for this? Gift Visa gift cards or not? Yes, I gotta work. Bad. I gotta work. I gotta work on that. Uh, I'll get you some Illinois. Okay. Uh, I'll get you some Illinois stuff from over on the other side of the river. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs>